Welcome to the Gospel According to with Ryan and Mike, a conversation designed to explore what makes the gospel good news in various books and topics of the Bible. Okay, Mike, we are continuing our conversation about the kingdom of God. In our previous conversation, we talked about the reign of God and the restoration of God's reign comes in three stages in the New Testament. Uh, remind us what those stages are. Yeah, in, in the Gospels, we see the story of Christ, the Messiah's rise to power. In the book of Acts and in the letters, uh, this, this part of the story that we're living in even today we see Christ is on the throne, reigning at the right hand of God, reigning in the midst of his enemies. And our hope is that stage three of at his return, when the last enemy is defeated and we're raised from the dead and Christ hands over that kingdom to God, the father. And so rise, present reign, rise to power, present reign and hit in the son's return. So, in this conversation, we're going to unpack the rise to power yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. And again, I, I, I hate to do this, but I feel like we have to define that term power every time because yeah. it's such a loaded term. What do yeah. you mean by power? Um, ruling authority, the way that that one with authority exercises his strength and power and those kinds of things. And, and we understand that when the Bible talks about God is king, Christ is king, the kingdom of God, and, and his authority and power, the way he exercises that um, is completely inverted from the way that we think about that in this present evil age. Well said. It's, it's not about domination, exploitation, abuse, uh, lording it over any of those things. It's about the, well, the way I can't improve on the way Jesus says Gentiles lord it over you, but it's not this way among you. The last shall be first. The first shall be last. The greatest among you shall be served your servant for the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Beautifully said, beautifully said. So in this conversation, we are going to look at the gospel of Matthew to talk about the Lord's rise to power. Now, the yes. reason that you and I have chosen Matthew, I'd say there's two reasons. The first is Matthew is the kingdom gospel. Um, yeah. It talks more explicitly about the kingdom. Um, than the rest. But also you and I have both been teaching and preaching from Matthew quite a bit over the last few months. So it's fresh in our mind. And I know the kingdom language has just shouted to us over and over. So take us through the gospel of Matthew. How does Matthew tell of the Lord's rise to power? So, you know, maybe what I'll do is just start with the story of Jesus that probably many of our listeners are familiar with. um, And then come back and point out how the way that story is told is around this. It's the story of him and his rise to power. Right. So, so you think about just the events maybe that we're familiar with um, his birth and the events surrounding his birth and and early childhood. You think about um, his baptism in the Jordan river by John. You think about his testing in the wilderness. You think about his, teaching ministry and all the preaching he did traveling around Galilee. You think about his healing and all those different events of, of power and compassion and healing so many people and casting out demons. Um, you think about all the conversations he had with his disciples. You think about um, the events surrounding his rejection, his suffering, his death, and you think about his resurrection, right? So we know those events and we can just sort of tell that story 
But the way those that story is framed, and this is true in, in all the Gospels, especially the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or Matthew, Mark, and Luke, uh, especially uh, Matthew as well, is, is showing us this as, again, he is the Messiah. He is that son of David, son of Abraham, who's come to fulfill these promises of God's kingdom. And so when we look at, say, his baptism, he's anointed with the spirit in the same way David was anointed by Samuel, Jesus, the anointed one uh, at, at the baptism by John is, is anointed with the Holy spirit. Um, you think about his, his preaching. What's, what's the, the subject or the content of his preaching? He's preaching repent for the reign of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So every, every s- sermon on the Mount, the parables, all of that, it, the, the subject matter is he's the kingdom of, of God, the kingdom of heaven. Um, you think about his healing. Um, well, even that, uh, you think about that conversation with the, the the religious leaders when they say, you know, what's your authority? You know, or you cast out these things by, by the devil, essentially. And he says, if I cast these things out by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So even the 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 miracles themselves, all the healing and demon uh, exorcisms, right? That's about the the Messiah coming and exercising his power, gaining that 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 authority as as Messiah as King. But then, especially when we get to the the suffering and the rejection and the death, and I want to come back to Matthew sixteen a little bit because this is a really important hinge passage. But I'll skip that for now. But we get to the the cross uh, and, and the events surrounding the cross, the trials. How how do how do the gospel writers tell that story? Right? It's it, it's he's crowned, he's given a robe, he's given a reed in his hand. They mock down, they, they bow down and and hail King of the Jews. The sign above his head. This is the King of the Jews. Right now, all of that in mockery, all of that in scorn and contempt and disdain and shaming, degrading, dehumanizing behavior, yet the the underlying message, not underlying, the, the central message, the, the emphasis in all that is what Jesus is actually doing at the cross is, as John says, the ruler of this world will be cast down, and when I'm lifted up, I'll draw him into myself. He's, he's uh, winning a decisive victory over the powers of sin and Satan, and in that coming to be exalted as the rightful king of the universe. And so then at the end of, of Matthew, after his resurrection, what do we see? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now, again, we need to, we need to stop. And, and I think Matthew 16 is so helpful to work through some of those dynamics a little bit more. And that's a pastor will zoom in on. But let me stop there and just give you a chance to sort of talk. I, I kind of just... Uh, haven't taken. No, a I loved. I loved listening to that. I loved listening to that. I want to ask you a couple of follow up questions. Yeah. Um. One one claim you make all the time, Mike, I really appreciate is that um, the Bible is not just the story of God's authority; it's the story of God's authority exercised what over and through humanity. Yes. How are the Gospels, and particularly Matthew, yeah. um, telling of a human reclaiming? Mm-hmm. God's authority. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see it in the opening verse. So, so, I mean, 
this is a lot, this is assuming that we've been tracking with that story from Genesis one, leading us up to Jesus, but Matthew's opening line, the, the origins, which is another way of translating that word that's translated for so many translations, genealogy, the origins of Jesus anointed one, Jesus, Messiah, son of David, son of Abraham. Well, just in that says, well, all that we've been waiting for, right? That restoration of the blessing promised Abraham. What was that blessing? That goes all the way back to Genesis one, that blessing to be fruitful and multiply and rule right on God's behalf. Um, but that, so the, those blessings promised to Abraham, those blessings promised through David, all that's carrying forward and, and summed up in this one who is that son of David, son of Abraham. But then thinking about the way that then he's going to extend that to us. And we'll flush this out in later episodes. But just one, one of my favorite examples of this is if you take a passage like Matthew 4, where he comes into Galilee and, and Matthew sees this as the fulfillment of Isaiah. A light shines in darkness in Galilee of the Gentiles, right? There's no more gloom, no, but here's this light shining, right? And it's this beautiful picture of Jesus coming as that light in this dark world. And yet within a few breaths of reading in Matthew, when we get to Matthew 5 through 7 in the Sermon on the Mount, this great manifesto of Jesus' kingdom and his reign, and, and, and he's empowering then his followers to be this kingdom people, what does he call us? You are the light of the world. And so, right, what he does to fulfill this, he then extends through us as well, right? So it's just an example of something that I could spend all day talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I think they're so important. I mean, I'm going to try to just highlight a couple of things of what you've said, because you've had so much wisdom in, 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 in this so far. But one mistake I made in reading the Gospels for most of my life was assuming that Jesus entered into neutral territory. But no. Yeah. <laughs> How would you That's, say that? Well, I mean, it, this this really comes out again in Matthew 4 when you think about this testing in the wilderness, right? If you're the son of God, if you're the son of God. So this challenge, but he, but he says, if you think about what he, what, what the devil offers the Messiah there, the, the newly anointed one there. Uh, if you would just bow down and worship me, he, he takes him and shows him all the kingdoms of the world. He says, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you that authority. The implication that Jesus does not challenge there is that he actually at this time does have authority over Absolutely. all these different nations, right? Absolutely. It, yes. If he didn't, if he didn't, Jesus would just say, you don't have that to offer. But the fact that he offers that, that, that makes that the test, right? Showing, okay, yeah, this is not neutral territory. This it he is as again drawing on John twelve he is the ruler of this world, and yet Jesus is going to conquer it once again in the name of God, um, but not do so by bowing down to the serpent as we saw in Genesis three. Right, but by, so, I mean a verse I've read before is from Psalm one fifteen verse sixteen: "The heavens hmm. are the Lord's heavens, but the earth He has given to the children of man." Hmm. God's original intent yeah. was for god to rule yeah. over heavens yeah and for humanity to rule over the earth well genesis 3 onward satan was actually the ruler of the earth yes. what you see happen in the gospels is jesus coming to reclaim that authority yes. he's reclaiming it under god for the sake of humanity and yeah. 
taking it away from the adversary and restoring it back to God and then giving it to humanity. That's what the gospels are about. Well, I know you said there's many passages in Matthew that you'd love to talk about. Take us through a few of these. Okay. So, so Matthew 16 to me is if I had, um, you know, a single passage in the gospels to really let all this stuff come together. It's Matthew 16, it, the way Matthew tells the story. And, and Mark has the same basic narrative structure. There's a lot of differences in the way the two gospels structure their argument, but, but at least they, 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 they're similar here where there's this build up to chapter 16. And then there's this turning point where the significance, the, so what the, how the is all kind of coming together. So, so prior to Matthew 16, we've seen Jesus again, preaching throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease and sickness among the people. And we've seen the way people have responded to that. The disciples follow him. The uh, crowds are enthusiastic about him, but not necessarily allegiant to him. You've got the resistance growing from the religious leaders and all that sort of stuff. But Jesus has been saying all this. He's been performing all these incredible miracles. And so we get to chapter 13 and he withdraws with his disciples to Caesarea Philippi. And he just asks him, what are people saying about me? Who do people say that the son of man is? And you get the different reactions. You know, some people just think you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets, Elijah reincarnate, all these different ideas. Um, but he says, okay, now who do you say that I am? Right. And, and he talks to his disciples, those who've been with him, those who've heard him the most, those who've seen him the most, those who've had those intimate conversations. What conclusions have they drawn about him? And Peter famously stands up, speaks on behalf of the others and says, you are that Messiah. You are that son of the living God. And again, that that language is so full and pregnant with with meaning and significance of of expectation now being enfleshed in front of them. Right. This promise of that Messiah, that anointed one, that son of God, like Psalm 2 and all these different things I could geek out on all day. You are that one. And Jesus says, nailed it. You know, he says other things, but that's the, the basic idea. God revealed this to you. you. You got it. But then in verse 20, he says, don't tell anyone. And, and that's at first glance is incredibly surprising because you think like, well, we just reached the climax, right? Here's this great confession. You are the Messiah. You're who we've been waiting for and looking for. Let's go tell everyone we found the Messiah. And Jesus says, actually, at this time, don't tell anyone. And then you have that decisive sort of turning point there in verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day right? Don't tell anyone I'm the Messiah. I've got to do this first. And then Peter's again, famous reaction, God forbid it, Lord. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. But what, what you see there is, okay, yes, I'm the Messiah. Yes, I'm the King. Yes. I'm the one who's going to accomplish all these things and in glory and victory and conquest and all this sort of stuff that you've imagined correctly, except the way I'm going to do it is completely different than you would have ever dreamed or imagined. Um, I'm going to do it by being rejected, by suffering, by dying, and I'll rise from the dead. And again, Peter I mean, couldn't. 
Yeah. L- 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 let's just really unpack this with power because this to yeah. me is so important. It is, yeah. In Genesis 3, how did yes. the adversary, the serpent, gain power? And how does that contrast here with Matthew 16? Yeah, so through through deceit and temptation, when you see humanity uh, striving for more authority, more power, you know, just more, but doing so apart from God, right? And then that launches us into what we now know of as this entire human history of idolatry and injustice and violence and all sorts of corruption that is anti the way God reigns as king. And so what Jesus is doing, rather than coming and meeting with that same kind of violence, that same kind of force, he's saying, no, I'm actually going to enter into that and let it all hit me, right? All that, all that power of evil, all that violence, all that abuse is going to rain down on me. And yet it's through that what the Gospel of John, the letters of John, other other passages in Paul in particular would flesh out for us at its heart is actually God's love, right? And it's through that humility, that surrender, that submission, that love in in being that atonement for sin, all that's packed into that, right? Um, And and I mean, there's so much that's packed into that, but at least at a, at a sort of the big picture narrative level, it's through that act of surrender and humility and love that what Christ is going to then win this decisive victory over these forces of evil and then rise to power. Because then what we see oh, from this point on, right, in, in Matthew 16 through 20, Jesus is then showing his disciples that this is what the reign of God's all about. He, he three times he'll he'll talk about his suffering, rejection, and death, and resurrection, and in that every time in that same breath they're arguing about who's the greatest and completely missing it. Right. So there's this this incredible contrast between how Jesus is saying what the reign of God is like and how they're thinking, conceiving the idea of power and glory. And so he's at a at a sort of narrative and discourse level. Jesus is explaining these things, but then we get to 21 and he comes to Jerusalem riding on that colt and, and um, everything's leading up towards again, that coronation scene where he's given the crown, he's given the robe, he's given the scepter. He's, he's mock hailed as King. And what has actually happening through these dark, gory, dehumanizing, horrible events is the love of God being poured out upon the forces of evil. And he's, winning a decisive victory. And so then by the time we get to the end of Matthew's gospel, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, right? Okay. Right. Psalm two, Psalm one, you know, uh, the Daniel seven, all those passages, you know, think many we've talked about, you know, in earlier episodes and previous seasons and all that stuff, right. That has now come to pass. And then he says, now go and tell everybody now go to all nations, making disciples, baptizing them and teaching them to obey me, right? Um, Whereas back in Matthew 16, he said, tell no one. Yes, you know, I'm the Messiah, but you have no clue how my, what my kingdom's like. And, 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 and I haven't won the victory yet, 
yes, I'm, I'm the Messiah, but he wins that victory. He comes to power. And so then at the end of the gospel, we see he's got that power, which then launches us into what we've talked about is that second act, his present reign. Right. But anyway, we'll let's save that for another conversation. But anyway, um, I'll stop there. The things that you would add keep or going, ask keep, about I don't that. Interrupt. Keep going, keep going, keep going. No, no, no. That's, that's a good stopping point. I mean, that, that hopefully gives us at least the way, again, the way Matthew's telling the story, chapter 16 is this great right. hinge point, right? Where he's declared as the Messiah, yet they don't get it. Uh, and so he says, this is how I'm going to come to power. This is the nature of my kingdom. He spends the rest of this sort of what we call his earthly ministry, explaining this to the disciples, that this is what the kingdom of God's like, what I said I, in the opening line of either this week's or last week's, I can't even remember now. I've had a few other thoughts since then, but you know, that the, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for me. This is what the reign of heaven is like. And so then he, um, he does the thing 21 through 27 is all about that him, yeah. that March, that March towards victory, that conquest March that we see him coming into the, the, the city and the coronation Again, Paul and John will unpack the, the theological significance of those events, but the gospel writers are telling the story in a way to help us see the cross as the coronation of the king. And so then by the time we get to the end of the gospel, after his resurrection from the dead, all authority has been given to me. So again, step back to the bigger question we were asking about this episode. What story is the gospels telling? The story of the son or the Messiah's rise to power. Thanks for listening to the Gospel According to podcast. If you have any questions about what you heard today, please send us a voice message. We would really love to hear from you. Make sure you follow us on social media, subscribe, and click the bell to get notified when we drop a new episode. Until next time, and for all time, your God reigns. Your God reigns.